Before you get started with the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about the Anchor app. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. That's anchor.fm. Thank you. Welcome to Doing Time with Joe, a show of cautionary truth stories about life inside prison. I'm your host and narrator, Joe Baker, and today's show is titled, In Prison, Snitches Get Stitches. The story you are about to hear is true. It is either a personal account of mine, or it was told to me by someone I believe to be telling the truth. The names of the participants have been changed to protect the guilty. The day my perspective changed was one of the most important days of my life. My older brother, Stephen, opened my eyes to the hypocrisy and evil associated with the criminal mindset in a way that I never expected. Since that day, I approached life in a different way, unchained by the ideology of the criminal mindset. All it took to learn this lesson was for me to open my big mouth. My brother Stephen lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, One particular weekend, he decided to come home to Tennessee to visit the family. And like he always does, when he's about to go back home to Charlotte, he'll stop by and visit me at the prison. So, you know, when he stopped by, he he brought in some, you know, some turkey and some roast beef and tomatoes and cheese and whatnot. So we ate in the VG, just kicking it, you know, just talking about casual things, trying to catch up. And then... um, Throughout, you know, during the conversation, he asked me a question that, you know, kind of caught me off guard. He said, man, when you do get out, he said, uh, what are you, you going to feel like? How do you approach that? What do you think about you getting out, you know? And I said, I don't know. I just never really thought about it. And he said, uh, how do you feel about that, you know, getting out? And I said, uh, honestly, you know, I'm a little scared. He said, what you scared of? I said, well, coming back. And he explained that to me. And I told him, I said, well, you know, I've been in here for a long time. And I hear all the stories about people that have done as much time as I have or less time than I have. And they get out and they end up back in here for all sorts of things, you know, technical violations, uh, other crimes they commit, so on and so forth. But, you know, one of the things that they, the, the common theme in all of those stories is that, you know, life was not as easy as they thought it was going to be when they got out, you know. And that kind of scares me, you know. Will I be able to fit in? Will I be able to find my way? You know, that kind of thing after all of these years of being in here, you know. And uh, he said, man, I'm going to tell you. He said, uh, if you don't want to come back to prison, all you have to do is not do one thing. Well, he said, do one thing. And I said, what is that? He said, don't break the law. He said, whatever rules or regulations that you have to live under when you get out, he said, you need to abide by. And then whatever else happens, happens. You know what I'm saying? But don't you be the reason that you come back. You know, and I was like, okay, I can dig that. So, you know, we just kept kicking it, you know, and I'm like, dang, my brother, you know, he came with it then. You know what I'm saying? 
So we kept kicking, and there was this guy that was walking laps with his mother in the VG. And on one of the passes, he spoke to me. He said, what's up, Joe? I said, what's up, man? How you doing? You know what I'm saying? And he kept going. And uh, my brother said, who is that? And I said, man, that's some old snitch. You know what I'm saying? And my brother snapped. You know what I'm saying? I had never heard my brother talk like that. He was like, see, that is your problem right there. He said, the only people that worry about snitches is criminals. So I leaned back in the chair. You know, I'm feeling some kind of way, you know, because, you know, I had never thought about it like that. I would never, you know, even considered that, you know, people thought like that, you know, or felt like that. Because I looked at it like, you know, you look, when I look at the news, I hear the news anchor, I hear, you know, people in politics, everybody's saying that snitching is bad. You feel what I'm saying? So that's how I looked at it. I thought everybody else felt the same way, you know. And my brother said that the only people that are concerned about snitches are criminals. Whether you are a politician or a news anchor or whoever, he said, why would you worry about that if you're not doing anything? And I never thought about that, you know what I'm saying, like that. So, you know, we kept on talking. And I'm trying to push back against what he's saying, but I'm finding myself, you know, not really having the ground to stand on it. So he said, okay, look, hold up. He said, I'm going to just phrase some questions to you. And he said, be honest about the way you answer them. And I said, all right, come on with it. So he was like, um, if you were home today and you were a next-door neighbor and the only witness to your sister being raped or murdered, you couldn't go over there to help. There's nothing that you can do. You just see it happen. What would you do? And I sat there and thought about it. And while I'm sitting there thinking about it, he gets impatient with me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm playing it in my head. What do I do? And he said, the answer is clear, man. He said, you call the police. I said, man. He said, man, nothing. He said, your choice is this. He said, either you want to be a good citizen or you want to be a criminal. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, if I do call the police and I tell them something that ha something has happened to my sister, how does that make me a bad person? And I found myself struggling with that, trying to figure out, because I was feeling like if I do call the police, that's going to make me feel like a bad person. And I'm like, where did that come from? He said, that's that criminal mindset that you got. He said, you've been conditioned to believe that doing the right thing is the wrong thing. So then he said, okay, let me ask you another question since you, you know, you answered that question. He said, what if you were standing, I mean, you were the witness, only witness to somebody standing on your corner selling drugs? And then I said, okay, let me ask you this. Are they selling drugs to kids or are they selling to adults? And he said, again, it don't matter. He said, your neighborhood is not safe. People can't do what they need to do in the neighborhood. He said, would you tell the police, call them, or would you say nothing and let the problem run rampant in the neighborhood? And I sat there and I didn't ask. He said, again, you're having a problem being a good citizen or you want to be the criminal. He said, because the criminal would do nothing. Why would the criminal do nothing? I said, I don't know. And he said, because it allows the stuff that goes on to continue to go on. And he said that what you have to remember, and it wasn't his quote, but he said it. He said, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. And I'm sitting, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest, I'm struggling with that. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I, I just had a hard time trying to relate how any of that was my business. Why was I supposed to get involved in that when I had nothing to do with it? You know what I'm saying? But he kept going back. He said, so you trying to tell me you would let your sister be murdered and raped and do nothing about it? I said, no. I didn't say I wouldn't do anything about it. I just say that I would be hesitant to call the police. And he wanted to know why. I said, because, you know, for me, you know, when I look at the police, uh, I don't see that they really come in to do good in the neighborhoods, particularly black neighborhoods, you know, people of color. And he said, I understand that. He said, but we live in a country where we live by laws. And if you're going to go by the law, then what you're supposed to do is not take the law into your own hands. Because he said, so what you going to do, try to hunt the person down and do something to him? And then I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, that crossed my mind. Because he said, how does that solve the problem? I said, well, he won't do that anymore. You know what I mean? But I said, well, he said, well, what if you don't find him? And he does it to somebody else. And somebody else, and, and you could have stopped him or her when you saw that, but you didn't, you chose not to do nothing. So I, I, you know, over the years I've thought about that a lot and I come to conclude that, you know, it's more important for me to be a good citizen as opposed to be being a criminal because I don't want to live my life where I'm afraid to tell the truth. And that is where I fall at now. And, and, and I know a lot of people are going to have a hard time understanding that, but, you know, I would ask you, you know, what would you do? If you were neighbor, you were you were next door neighbor to your family, somebody you love, and you couldn't get over to stop it, you don't have the option of vigilante justice. What would you do? You know, and I think that's something that people really need to think about when we perpetuate this uh, uh, ideology that it's okay not to get involved. What's, the, what's the consequences mm -hmm. for snitching or being labeled a snitch? Well, in prison or just in general. Okay, uh, all right. In, in prison, I'll say in prison. In prison, the consequences is that if people find out that you're the type of person that will report something to the police, then life can be hard for you. You could get killed in here. Simple as that. You could get killed in here. Or you end up on protective custody, and that means that you're separated from the rest of the population to do your time because your life is going to always be in danger. You know what I'm saying? So you do have to weigh that up. You know what I'm saying? But... One of the things that I will say about that, and, and in general, let me answer the other part of your question, and in general, you know, the same thing can happen on the streets. But it's something else that my brother pointed out, pointed out to me. He said that the majority of people, they might break, you know, speed limit, this and that, but the majority of people are not out there living a hardcore criminal lifestyle. You know, he quoted one statistic to me. I don't know where it came from. But he said the majority of the crime committed, you know what I'm saying, the hardcore crimes is, are committed are committed by 7% of the population. The other 93% of the population is going on about their business trying to live a law-abiding life. So the people that think like that might be uh, widespread, but the people that are living by that are small. Now, here's another thing that he pointed out to me. He said, even if you are the type of person that are, is not actively living a criminal lifestyle, he said, you shouldn't even be the type of person that promotes that type of language. He said, quit using that type of language because what that does, that makes the person feel like they're going to be ostracized and they won't come forward. They might want to, but they won't. And, you know, for me, you know, it, it's coming down to, you know, at some point, I'm, I'm 53 now. At some point, I feel like that you have to grow up. And that's 
what a lot of people involved in the criminal lifestyle have a hard time doing. You know, you, you want to hold on to something that is, in my opinion, is dark. And yeah, it might be a solution to a problem in a, in a temporary way, you know, selling drugs, robbing somebody, hurting somebody, or even, you know, uh, killing somebody. It, it solves whatever problem you imagine that you had or you really had at that time. But the long-term consequences, it didn't really benefit you. You, if you If and when you get caught, you spend, you know, a significant part of your life away from your family, in prison. Uh, so, you know, that mindset is something that I think that people should start to challenge and think about. I'm not saying that every situation that you see, you know, you should be picking up the phone and call the police. That's not what I'm saying because I think you have to have community involvement. You know, if uh, you see somebody in the neighborhood that's involved in criminal activity, talk to them. Find out how you can help them. Figure out why it is they believe that that's something that they should be doing or that they need to do. You know what I'm saying? They might have some ideas and where they want to start a business, but they feel like, I can't get the money, I can't get people behind me, so I'm going to sell me some drugs to get that money. You know what I'm saying? But if they knew that the community would rally behind them and help them figure out a way to raise the money, I don't know, bake some cakes. You know what I'm saying? Sell some raffle tickets. That might be a better way because you're not destroying the community that you say you care about when you do that. That's not to say that, you know, your business is going to be successful, but try to fulfill your dreams in a way that don't cause harm to other people because when you do that, you're really rationalizing and, and trying to tell yourself that you're doing more harm than good, but tell that to the mother that uh, lost their child, you know what I'm saying, and nobody came forward. Tell that to the child that lost their mother because they OD'd on the drugs that you sold them. So those are the types of things that I try to ask myself now, and I know it's hard, and I know it's challenging, and I know it's going to cause a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, to look at me in a twisted way or, you know, but what I would hope that it would do is cause you to have a gut check, you know, and think about what it is that you want out of life and how you're going to go about getting it. And if going about getting what you want out of life to fulfill your dreams is something that is going to cause harm to someone else, you might want to second guess that, you know what I'm saying? Take a different approach, you know what I mean? Thank you for tuning in to the show. Join me next week and hear the story about how church ain't church in here.
Thank you for tuning in to the show. Join me next week and hear the story about why I gave up the game.